Welcome to Beyond My Title. I'm Nakiba and I wear a variety of hats. I'm a sales advisor at a startup in New York City, but that's my nine to five. Beyond My Title, I created a skincare line in my dorm room kitchen in 2010. Three years later, I launched Cori Renee, a plant-powered skincare line that is inspired by nature and powered by plants. I am very passionate about empowering others through storytelling. I believe that we all have a unique story and it goes deeper than our title. I created this podcast to share conversations about how we identify ourselves, our work, and the legacy we wish to leave behind. This podcast was brought to you by Bib Media. Born in Brooklyn, believe the hype. So today, Alex Daly is joining me. Alex is the founder of Daily PR and Van Alexandra. She's a crowdfunding expert and author of The Crowd Sorceress, an amazing book on getting smart, getting funded, and kickstarting your next big idea. Her company launched over 70 campaigns and raised brand awareness and $20 million, actually over $20 million for creative projects. She's a part of the class of 2016 Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree. She started her career in journalism and filmmaking, and she's fluent in English and also Spanish. Thank you so much for joining me, Alex. Thank you for having me, Nakiva. So happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) There's a quote, if you build it, they will come. What does that mean to you? Well, it reminds me of Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, my favorite movie uh, from like my childhood. I don't know if you've seen it before. I have never seen it. Oh, well, Tell, I'm gonna see it now. I'm gonna have to check it out. You know, I was obsessed with it as a child, and then I rewatched it with my boyfriend, and he's Australian, and he was like, w- "This is not a great movie, Alex." But um, it's it's basically with Kevin Costner about um, building a baseball field in his farm in Iowa. And it was like the God was saying, like, if you build it, he will come. And it was actually like it was all these baseball players from like the 50s come back and play in the baseball field. Wow. <laughs> They're like baseball ghosts. It sounds so silly right now. But like whenever I say that, like when I'm being interviewed or in my book or something, I always hear like you see like Kevin Costner in the background. But um What I actually meant by that with my work is uh, building community. Mm -hmm. Um, So my experience in crowdfunding um, began like about five years ago when I was working in filmmaking and um, I had to raise money for these films. So um, long story short, we started using Kickstarter to raise money. And what I really noticed, uh, like the sort of magic thing about crowdfunding is, is you don't only get the money, you get the crowd. Um, And so that, and I think that that, you know, in the long run, everybody needs money to make their, you know, creative projects come to life. But I think that to sustain that, you need a community behind it. So um, a big thing about what I what I sort of preach is even before you launch, building that community, because if you build it like they will come more people will come towards your idea um, as well the money community i i feel like that's something that is just so important it's just a very very important part of life for you what was community like growing up in miami that's such a good question um so i think that I go back to Miami now like once a month. I do some work there and I'm very close with my family. So it's just a great way to just crash and have some wine with my parents and chill out in in really good weather. Um, And I think that for community in Miami, it, it means 
there's a diversity in Miami. You know, when people ask me where I'm from, I say Miami and they're like, oh, you're from Florida. And I'm like, no, I'm from Miami because it feels so different from the rest of the state, the state and in many ways, like the rest of the country. It's a it's a, a bridge between South and Central America and the Caribbean and the rest of the country. So I grew up um, my my dad's from Puerto Rico um, and I just grew up hearing Spanish all around me. And if you actually go to Miami and you get out at the airport and you get into a taxi, they the first thing they speak to is in Spanish. Um, so, you know, I think that when I think of Miami, I think of a diverse kind of community um, of different all different types of people, which I really love. Um, and I also think community community to me is also family. Um, I am like definitely a family girl. Um, and so going back home to Miami, I think I'm going back to my home. I feel like I'm going back to my family, my community of my community of people. What is your family like? Do you have any siblings? So I um, have one older brother and two parents. Um, my parents are really amazing people. Um, both were entrepreneurs themselves. Uh, so I sort of grew up thinking that that was normal, that like parent, like people started companies and sort of built their companies from scratch, because that's what I saw. I mean, when I was after school, my mom, you know, ran a marketing company. So I would go to her office and do homework in her conference room. And I was surrounded by like ringing phones and deadlines. And, and so that was like, I, I think by a osmosis I just gathered that that's like a way of life when you're an adult um, and so my mom had a marketing company and my dad had a software company that um, he did software to detect money laundering in banks and financial institutions which in like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s in Miami was obviously like a hot spot for that kind of work um, and so I, I you know I grew up um, just around that and um, my older brother and I are just two year two years apart he's two years older than me um, and so we were very close um, and you know I we always had people over my parents always encouraged us to have like little theater productions in front of their their friends so awesome. <laughs> yeah, they really like encouraged us to be very like social beings and I think that we grew up with confidence because they gave us like so much positive reinforcement with these little productions we put on. They really encourage creativity. Um, so I, I grew up in a very warm, um, very um, active uh, and creative uh, environment. What were you curious about then? I heard a few different things, but was there anything in mind that just stood out in your childhood that you were curious about? So, you know, I'm obsessed with movies now, and I think it's very much because my dad, from a very young age, encouraged us to watch independent and foreign films. Um, I really praise him for that right now. I mean, we were like probably such like little brats because we would always be like, <laughs> like, they're saying funny things and it's because it wasn't like a cartoon movie you know it was like so it was so strange to us but like I think it made me very curious about um just um good filmmaking and I'm now I actually one of my um majors was film um 
And another thing I was very curious about, I think, was um, just philosophy. Uh, my father also is just like a, he's an, an, an intellectual at heart. So we would just uh, talk a lot about philosophical things from like a very young age. Um, we always had really cool music playing in the house. And a really funny anecdote because um, I remember like in fourth grade, uh, there was like a show and tell and somebody brought like a Spice Girls CD and I brought like a Smashing Pumpkins CD because that was like <laughs> I grew up on like Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, Blur, all like the cool sort of grunge nice. stuff. And yeah. like everybody was listening to like like Spice Girls huh. and seeing yeah. and Backstreet Boys and I was like this stuff sucks like let's put on some Nirvana so I like I think that that's really I was so curious about that like mm -hmm. good music philosophy good films and it's really stayed with me as a native Spanish speaker were you spe were you listening to any Spanish artists at the time did your dad listen to any music that trickled over to you as well yeah you know I think that the only thing I really listened to was like Buena Vista Social Club um, I love Buena <laughs> Vista Social Club, Chan Chan. Yeah, Chan Chan is like my jam jam. Yes, same. <laughs> um, it's so good. Um, you know, we didn't listen to Spanish artists. We listened to a lot of rock music. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, and, and it's interesting because my dad spoke to me in Spanish and I would respond in English. Mm -hmm. So my Spanish didn't really get very good until I started studying it in school. So like in my elementary school, they taught Spanish. Um, and then I did it also in middle school and high school. When I went to college, it was also one of my majors was Spanish. So I became a really good writer in Spanish. I understood everything. I studied abroad in Barcelona and that's when my speaking really got good. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that I just grew up and heard it everywhere mm -hmm. um, but I didn't like I wasn't fluent in it until I started actually using it in practice like in school definitely it's it's so interesting with language it's like you know you can you can be fluent in the language but then when it comes to writing that's yeah. something that you might not you know be have the same strength as you would with with speaking it totally yeah. totally what was it like studying abroad in Barcelona oh my gosh it was amazing so I went to school I went to Vanderbilt in Nashville and I think that um, I really think I started finding my people when I went abroad they there was like a sort of a broad program where it was a bunch of different schools and I just I really opened up I think as a person when I was traveling and we went to, we were in Barcelona during the week, but every weekend we went to like a different city. So we went to Dublin, Sevilla, um, we went to Italy. I mean, we went to so many different cities and it just, it opened up my mind. I met so many different types of people and I was like, oh, like this is like the kind of life I want to live with just like really interesting, curious creative people yeah and that like really translated when I moved to New York a year later a lot of my friends that I studied abroad with I they all moved to New York and so I stayed very much in touch um, so I think that what going to Barcelona did for me was that it opened my mind in a big way there's nothing like traveling and yeah. immersing yourself in the culture and just you know experiencing it so I'm really happy to hear that you had that experience yeah it was great so how would you identify yourself Hmm. It's interesting because I feel like in the past few years, I've gone through like very, many evolutions of myself. And I feel now is like 
you know, it's interesting because you can always say like, oh, I'm now like the best version of myself, but I really do feel I'm, like I'm really getting there. Um, and I think that I identify as, you know, a, a huge, most one of my most important things is the work that I do. Um, and so I find myself to be, I'm very hardworking. Um, I think that I'm an open, curious person, and um, I think I identify as like a nice person. Um, it's that's really important to me. Kindness, especially, and it's you start sort of questioning that when you're trying to be really successful. Like there is like that. Um, there is that possibility that you can become really cutthroat, right? Especially in New York. And I've really stood my ground to try to be a kind person um, to my clients, to my team, and definitely to myself because I can be very hard on myself and I have very high expectations and standards of myself. Um, so I think that hardworking curiosity and, and kindness is how I identify and how I like, you know, aspire to be. I think it's very inspiring how you're balancing your identities for sure. Yeah. What would you say your mission is? I think that it's interesting because I'm going through the process right now where we're actually merging the two companies you just said, Van Alexandra and Daily PR, into one company. Um, just daily, which we're sort of relaunching in January as. And I put together a mission. We've been working on a mission statement. Like I'm actually going through the exercise of like a mission statement and just I, I'm trying to find the identity of like the company that I've been running and evolving over the past four to five years. And I think that it goes back to community and it's about um, bringing people's ideas to life, um, caring about ideas that matter and connecting those ideas to invested, engaged communities. Incredible. I just finished it yesterday, my yeah. mission statement. <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. Did, do you have a team that you're working with that you um, were you know, building upon your mission with? I, um, I actually um, brought on an amazing consultant. Um, her name's Holly Howard. And she really sort of restructured my brain to um, get out of the, the, um, the weeds um, and think bigger picture about what I want this company to be in the next few years. Mm -hmm. Versus like the day-to-day -day stuff with clients or just stress. And um, that was really great to have someone who's an expert in that. Yes. Um, who, who guided me through that. So that was that was paramount. And it's really opened my eyes in many ways. Um, and I also worked with an amazing writer. Her name's Kelly Shetron. Um, she helped me do my book. Um, and she helped me with a sort of copy. And she knows my voice in and out because we worked on the book together. Um, and so these two women, I think, brought out in me um, just thinking and um, I think communicating what I'm trying to do and what I want to do in the future in a really fresh new way, which I which I needed. So that journey of, of finding the, these two incredible women to work with, mm -hmm. how was that? Well, you know, I had been recommended by um, just I've, I've heard about Holly through my networks and my clients. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually called her and I was like, um, I want just one session. I have one question for you. Can we just do one hourly session? And it, it was about like hiring um, uh, staff. And it turned into like 
all these questions of like, what's your action plan? What's your business plan? What's your mission statement? I, you know, I had two companies that I was sort of going back and forth with. I didn't know where I was going to take them. And so she was asking these challenging questions, which I didn't have answers to. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? If I don't do this now, I'll never do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been like a ton of work because on top of running the company, the two companies, I'm figuring out how to merge them. And just there's a lot of paperwork and logistics and a lot of rethinking about how I'm approaching the company. Um, But I just sort of leaned in like hard and um, it felt good to ask for help. It felt really good. Um, and I'm like also the kind of person that I don't live on an island. Like I appreciate validation and, and reinforcement. I mean, I guess it goes back to like getting that from my parents from a young age. Um, but I was like, okay, I really need to redo this um, and I need help. And um, these both of these women have a great track record. I've worked with one of them. So I'm going to get help. And it felt so good. I feel super confident with the direction I'm going in, and I think that 2019 is going to be our best year yet. Name it and claim it. <laughs> I'm going to own it. Yes, <laughs> definitely. For anyone that's unfamiliar with um, Van Alexandra and Daily PR, can you share more about both and then how you are taking yes. the two and merging into Just Daily? Yes, definitely. So Van Alexandra is the company that I started um It was 2014 is when I officially started it, so over four years ago. Um, And it's a company that um, raises money for creative projects through crowdfunding. Um, And so that's, you know, Kickstarter and Indiegogo. People came to us with an idea and said, we need funding for it and awareness. Uh, Can you do everything to make that happen? So we would do everything from their PR strategy to their social media strategy to like what the Kickstarter video looks like, the Kickstarter rewards. And then we would run it as project managers um, from the beginning of launch to the end of launch, which is is typically 30 days. Um, So we would work with these people, like I would say, two months before their Kickstarter launches, then we would run their campaigns, and then you know we would exit after that. And what started happening was um, when these, these campaigns started finishing um, was that these clients started coming back to us and saying, we're funded, now what? Like, and I started realizing that you can't really abandon a community that you've built after you've launched something. You have to maintain that and sustain that impact that you've made in like this really big way. And so they were like, can you be our PR agency and work with us on a longer term basis? And to be honest, I was like, I don't like PR agencies. I don't want to be a part of your agency, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I was really thinking of like this more traditional, archaic um, approach to publicity, which is like, you're going to pay us for months on retainer and we're going to like try to get your name into the newspaper, which is like how I had thought of PR agencies in the past. Mm-hmm. And we are so deliverables driven in terms of like how we work with clients. And so I said, like, oh, I don't know if we're fit. And then I was like, wait, like, Alex, this is business 101. You never say no to new business. So I was like, okay. Tips, guys, yeah. in case you didn't hear. <laughs> yes. Like, if business comes to you, you take it, yeah. you know? Um, and so I was like, okay, if I don't like how PR is being done, how do, how do we do it differently? So uh, 
none of us has ex- like you know traditional PR experience. So um, I just started experimenting and working with um, projects and clients um, on a longer term basis outside of crowdfunding. And it definitely was an experiment. Um, and we've been doing that now for about a year and a half. Um, and we've learned a lot. And what started happening was um, we started getting more and more clients outside of crowdfunding to do PR for people. And what we do with daily PR is um, it's a lot more of a holistic approach to PR and marketing. So it's not just getting um, your name in the press, but it's also looking at your social media strategy. It's your branding. It's your voice. um, It's your messaging. So we sort of took our Kickstarter learnings and applied them on a longer term basis. And um, the reason I decided to merge them was was for a couple reasons, actually. Um, I've been doing the crowdfunding thing for a really long time, and I was like, I want to work with people in a deeper, longer-term way. Um, And so I started doing much more with daily PR. Another thing is we've really seen a dramatic shift in the crowdfunding landscape. Um, I think that, you know, crowdfunding had, it, it sort of peaked and just kept on going and shooting higher and higher in terms of success really quickly. And I think it's hitting a plateau, if not a downturn. And it could just be a bad moment or a tough spot for crowdfunding. But we have started finding that our clients are having a harder time raising money. Um, why, why do you think that is? I think there's a saturation. I think there's a fatigue. Like, I think people are getting a little tired of being, hearing, like, back my Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. It's not new anymore. It's not as exciting. Um, and then the, also, there's a backlash because a lot of projects are not fulfilling their campaigns. So they'll get funded and then they'll produce a bad product or they won't, they'll run out of money because they misbudgeted and won't be even, even able to deliver the product. So I think that there is a hard moment with crowdfunding. Um, and so we were battling that really mm-hmm. head on. So we s- sort of started backing away from doing full service management for campaigns and really putting more of this like daily PR hat on. And um, then I was like, why are these two different companies? They're doing the same sort of thing. Why don't I just make them one? So it was just to bring clarity. So daily is going to have multiple arms. It's going to have daily PR. It's going to have daily events. It's going to have daily crowdfunding. Um, And so we can do a crowdfunding launch on a consulting basis with you as part of your overall PR strategy. We can do an event for you. We can do, you know, a big launch for you. So it's very much... Um, it's it's basically what we've been doing, but much more holistic. I think there's a lot more muscle and experience behind it. Um, and it allows us to have longer term relationships with our clients. That is incredible. Yeah. I feel like that's the word I've been saying, but that's amazing. Yeah. Just being able to continue to build with your clients. You know, it's not just a we raised two million dollars and you've produced your product and here we are. But now we can help you, you know, craft your just overall branding strategy and just mm-hmm. continue to build. Yes, Very exactly. Nice. Exactly. So what are you most excited about for um, with with this new merger? 
I'm so excited about just the clients I get to work with. Like we just have such a stellar roster of clients. We're working with the Swiss bag company Freitag. We're working with the first ever graphic design bookstore in Brooklyn. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's so cool. We're working with these um, a woman-owned uh, social impact design studio in San Francisco. We're working with a a really beautiful um, platform that matches people with therapists in San Francisco. Um, we're working with this meditation um, app, actually with this um, design company right here in Gowanus. Um, and so it's a, and we're working with this amazing company called Girls Night In. It's about um, encouraging uh, self-care and it's this amazing community of women. So we're working with so many people um, that have these ideas that are so mission driven and it just brings me so much satisfaction to get them out into the world um, and raise their profiles in a really significant I think in a rich way you know it's not like I said just the press but it's like how can we make your social media stronger how can we make your messaging clearer so that more and more people can know about you so it feels um, very satisfying to be able to get these stories and these people out into the world in a bigger way. Absolutely. As the author of Crowd Sorceress, do you see yourself creating a new book, writing a new book on some of the incredible, you know, things that you've learned since since publishing? Totally. I think that's a really good question. It was funny because I when I wrote The Crowd Sorceress, I turned to my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm never doing this ever again. It was just <laughs> like it was like we put this insane. I put this insane deadline on myself of like, I need to write this book in six months, this 200 50 page book while I'm building a company which was like really like insane but now I have like that itch again where I'm like I could write another book and he's like are you serious <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah um, and so I definitely think that there is a way to craft another book here mm -hmm. and actually when I've been working with Kelly on the messaging for daily she's like we're going through the process of like building almost like an outline for another book she's like I'm smelling another book here I'm like me too me too <laughs> the crowdsourceress too yeah <laughs> I'm gathering how you how you um became the crowdsourceress yes. but when did that name just become like Alex is the crowdsourcer. Yeah, it's so funny because I was working in film at a production company and I was doing like production stuff on a daily basis. Like that was my nine to five. And then the nights and weekends, I was like launching and managing filmmakers Kickstarters campaigns. And so um, I started getting this nickname around the office and with my friends. It's like the Kickstarter queen. The, fr the crowdfunding wizard, the crowdfunding queen, and then the crowd sorceress, right? Yeah. And that like stuck immediately. Mm -hmm. And a journalist for this like Brooklyn blog who covers creatives in Brooklyn um, heard the name and was like, holy, I'm going to say moly instead of the S word. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, this is such a good name. I have to interview you. And it was my first interview. Um, and my lawyer saw it. Um, and he's been with me from the beginning. He's this great lawyer in Miami. Shout out to Cubs Lalch and Donnie. Um, and Love it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he called me. He's like, you have to trademark this name. And I was like, 
but it's so expensive. I mean, it was, and I had no money at the time. And he's like, you are going to thank me. Like, you have to trademark this name. And so I was like, okay, I'll think about it. Like a month later, he's like, I'm not sleeping until you trademark this. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, fine. And so it was like, it was like $2,000 to trademark. But then I got like a certificate in the mail, which was like the United States of America recognizes Van Alexandra Daly as the crowd sorceress. Like it's literally a cert. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And it was framed. so funny. <laughs> I need to frame that. Yeah. It's like somewhere in my files. Totally. <laughs> and um, it just like every person when they hear that name like a smile comes across their face even like a boring dude old dude will be like that's funny <laughs> like they love it everybody loves it it's like nerdy and funny and powerful and confident it's epic it's it's great yeah. and then i got to name my book after it so um it's a it's a name actually that like when i'm merging the two companies it's it's it really still fits, you know, because it's about crowd, it's about communities. And I think it's a name that I want to just sort of carry with every sort of evolution of my company, because that's what's so important is bringing people together and through sorcery. For sure, <laughs> for sure. What was it like being a filmmaker in New York City? So um, I'd like keep on talking about my majors. I had so many majors. I studied Spanish um, philosophy, and film and when I left college I actually thought I wanted to be a writer so I did the typical what you have to do when you start a magazine so I was a fact checker um, which is as like dry and not fun as it sounds you literally have to fact <laughs> check facts uh, <laughs> um, and so but it really actually built a really good foundation of like my attention to detail and grammar and just writing in general and I was at New York Magazine, and then I went to Wall Street Journal Magazine, and um, I was like a 23-year-old fact checker for the whole magazine. And um, I was also doing freelance wow. writing gigs on the side. I was writing for Paper Magazine, Spin. I think I did something for uh, V Magazine. I was just sort of trying everything out. Making it happen. I was just like <laughs> so hustling, yeah. always. And... Um, I, I actually realized like I don't want to be a writer and I definitely I was having a bit of an identity crisis um, I had luckily a, a mentor at the time who was a writer um, and she was actually a writer that I was doing fact-checking for and I was just like I don't know what I want to do um, but I, I want to keep working hard but I don't think this is my industry and so it's funny because I ended up writing a book later but I was like I don't know if I want to be a writer <laughs> I guess I still did it um, and so she was like well if you studied film and you are interested in journalism um, and also shout out to Marissa Katz I'm like all these people that helped me you hey, know you have to shout them yeah, out yeah get to where I am right now um, and so she was like you like film and journalism have you ever thought of documentary film? It's storytelling, it's like real life. And so she helped me get a job at a, um, a production company in, in Manhattan. And what I was doing there actually was, um, I wasn't actually like a director or even doing the creative stuff. I was doing the, the producing in terms of like, when you're doing documentary films, you're mostly raising money for those films more than actually making the thing. Um, and so you're always trying to chase money for gr through grants, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I was doing as a filmmaker was trying to raise money. 
Um, and so I was doing grants on a daily basis. And um, I was all the time just trying to chase the money. And so that it was interesting because I, I guess I ended up doing that in a different way when I was um, doing my Kickstarter stuff. Um, but that was it was intense. It was a lot of work. It was very deadline oriented. It was um, multifaceted for sure. I mean, we were working on several projects at once, um, but it taught me to um, to just always be on my feet and always be hustling and um, always be going after the opportunities. So that's what I got out of that. Was that one of your first opportunities out of school or like yeah, close yeah. to it? It was like, I would say um, I had about two years in fact checking and doing some journalism writing and then I went into documentary for about two years yeah so being the hustler and hard worker that you are how did you take care of yourself in those different instances was that something that was important to you that's a really good question um, I don't think that I put a lot of focus on that um, I was I exercised and that was just sort of built in me. My parents are very active and exercise oriented. I started doing therapy actually when I moved to New York, um, which was really um, definitely life-saving. Um, but I would say that I really focused the most on like my my mental being and my mental health probably only in the past two years mm -hmm. um i suffer from anxiety um and i you know have a really hard job and i'm running a company um and so i have been you know doing a therapy that's very sort of tools oriented in terms of how to manage that anxiety, how to manage negative thoughts, that sort of thing. And on top of that, I still do, um, you know, I do running every day. I do Pilates. Um, I definitely drastically changed our work environment, I would say also two years ago when I was hitting bad burnout. Um, where I was like, we're all leaving the office at 6 or 6.30. Like, pencils down, we need to sort of have a separation with work. I stopped doing work on the weekends. I stopped having my phone in my bedroom. So I made like actually pretty radical changes across the board in terms of like my work life. I really changed that. I have... I would say actually pretty recently I've said I'm like not going to work with jerks. <laughs> I can make the decision right to like, on. you know, like I don't need to work with like mean people anymore, you know, and that's not good for me. That's not good for my team's yeah. like health. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a really amazing feeling. Um, therapy has been so helpful. Exercise has been helpful. I have a really, really supportive relationships in my life. So like I made adjustments across the board, which have really, I think, lifted me in a really um, important way so important it's it's incredible how once you're in tune with your mental health and you, you it's your body yeah. whatever it is however you feel those signs or see them yes it's so important to listen to them uh, and it's yeah. just incredible that you you're listening that you're supporting yourself and your team yeah and that I'm just so thankful that you're here on a Saturday guys oh, she's, <laughs> she's with us on a Saturday and one of the things I really admire about Alex is just you know setting those boundaries for herself and her team it's just so commendable because 
because, you know, a lot of us are not in environments like that for work. And it's just it really makes all the difference because we're all human, you know, and in the city, depending on where you live, you might get on the train every day. And it's like you're taking on a lot of energy in addition to your own. So learning how you recharge your batteries, working out, therapy, it's just, you know, it's really important. So I'm so happy you're doing it. Uh, Thank you. And I appreciate you making that the time to join us on a Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. It was so good to be here. Yay. Well, we're not done yet. We have a few more, (laughs) few more things to talk about. What does legacy mean to you? Legacy means uh, to me, the footprint you leave behind. Um, And I think that a lot of people think, especially if you're um, you know, work is important to you. People really think about it's like the work that you leave behind, um, which I, I believe, but I also think it's like the impression you leave on people, the 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 your day to day, just your day to day, and how you you know act with people, your relationships, whether that's family, romantic friendships, um, and so. It's, it goes back to like leaving an impression on people and how you do that and how you treat them. And also like the legacy of the work that you do and, and what you leave behind and what you're proud of. Could you name three songs that have been symbolic throughout your life that mm. mean something to you? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think I brought up Smashing Pumpkins today. Yes. <laughs> And I like loved that album, Siamese Dream, like the amount of times I listened to it as a kid. So I think that um, today, the song Today by Smashing Pumpkins is really was amazing for me. Um, I really got into this band in college and in my early 20s called Broken Social Scene. Um, they're a Canadian band. Uh, Feist was actually in it. And nice. they were like this amazing collective that the song stars and suns really had a huge impact on me um and then today a song that really has stuck with me and and means a lot to me is um and i'm like obsessed with music so this is a hard same (laughs) this is a hard one um i'm tied i have two tied tied for first yeah um uh, Fiona Apple Valentine, which is her most recent album, which came out a few, like five years ago. It's like I love like emotional songs. I'm like such an emotional person. Um, that's a beautiful song. And then um, TV on the radio is one of my favorite bands, and their song um, song. Um, which one is it? There's like so many that I I love of theirs. Um, Family Tree. Awesome. Yeah. What do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be um, that I can impact in a positive way the most people possible. You're doing it, Alex. (laughs) Keep on rocking. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us. I really want to know where can everyone find you? So um, starting like the first week of January, 
daily, D-A-L-Y dot N-Y-C, will be my um, new company website. So definitely check that out. Shout out to my incredible uh, boyfriend, Hamish Smythe, and his team at Order next over. They've been designing it, and it just looks so freaking awesome. Did he design upstairs your current office? Yes, he did. I just wish that there was a way to convey how beautiful her current space is and how much we can't wait to see Hamish, yeah, design, Hamish. Hamish, <laughs> Hamish design her new space. Oh, it's going to be Such amazing. An eye. It's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then um, also you can go to thecrowdsorceress.com, check out my book and book video and just upcoming news. Wonderful. Well, if you like what you hear, we would love for you to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on social media at Beyond My Title. Email us and tell us how you're living a life beyond your title at beyondmytitle at gmail.com. This podcast was brought to you by Bib Media. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Nakiva. Thanks. <laughs> I would love to hear from you. Reach out and share more about how you're living life beyond your title at beyondmytitle at gmail.com. Follow along on social media at Beyond My Title and like, share, and subscribe to hear the latest episodes first. This podcast was brought to you by Bib Media. Born in Brooklyn, believe the hype.